1: Welcome into Alana Enquirer After Dark. It is 11:34 as we start this on Saturday, September 2nd. As Illinois survives and they win, they are one and zero. Might not feel like it to everybody, but uh, they overcome a 12-point third-quarter deficit. They overcome a one-point deficit with 2:59 remaining, and they beat Toledo 30 to 28. I had a really strong performance from a first time starter at Illinois, Luke Altmeyer, 211 yards, two touchdowns. they have the one pick, but also ran for a team leading 69 rushing yards. Miles Scott kind of flips the game with a pick six, Illinois down 19 to seven. And Miles Scott, the talk of training camp, comes up big, shows why he's earned, as we learned today, a scholarship. Brett Bielman doesn't comment on that stuff a lot, but Miles Scott is on scholarship, and that is deserved. Joey Wagner, Jeremy Warner, our producer Isaac Ambrose is going to join us here very shortly. Whew, Joey, take a breath. Illinois is one zero, but there's some issues to talk about.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the issues are the self-inflicted. We'll get to that, but to me, the story there's two stories: Luke Altmaier and penalties almost derailed what really should have been like that kind of feel-good start to the season for Illinois. It ended up being a win, but penalties made it really, really close.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about that to start. This had Indiana game written all over it. I kept – my preview the entire time was Illinois is better than Toledo. They're more talented. They should be better in the trenches. We'll get to that here in a second. But if they commit penalties, if they have self-inflicted errors, if they have a lot of turnovers, this could go really, really poorly. And they had nine, turno- or nine penalties for 90 yards in the first half, led, to, led directly to 10 points in the first half, and then another touchdown – uh, to go ahead for Toledo late in the game with uh, Gabe Ackes with the, the roughing the passer penalty. So, what, 17 points? Th- those penalties led to for, for Toledo, really costly. Ten penalties for 100 yards. Felt like Indiana all over again, except uh, Luke Altmaier comes up with some big throws. But um, that was the difference, Joey. Like Otherwise, this defense, they couldn't get off the field. That was the problem because of their penalties and then the conversions. That Toledo had, and you do think you do got to tip your cap uh, to Daquan Finn for some of those runs he had. Um, He made some big plays for them, 7 of 15 on third down for Toledo, 2 of 2 on fourth down. Defense just couldn't get off the field, um, but a lot of that was self-inflicted as you were talking about.
0: Yeah, we have to talk about that first because uh, first drive for Toledo ends with the field goal. Third and seven, they get off the field. Treak Barnes, unsportsmanlike. I know there are some people have said, we didn't see a replay. We didn't get a chance to ask Brett Bielema about it. So, I don't know. I don't know if he said something, if he hit something. But that, that leads to three points. Miles Scott, two defensive pass interferences and in one drive. That leads to points. The gay back is hit. Then was that, was that off- Taz Nicholson? I'm sorry. Taz Nicholson, thank you. Yeah. It's been a long day. Uh, Taz Nicholson, two, one of which he climbed. The wide receiver. I mean, that was as, as penalty as it gets. That leads to points. Gabe is the late hit, the roughing the passer on that final play, or that final Toledo offensive drive that leads to points. Like those things add up. And then Illinois had an offensive drive that was taken back. There was a, a holding call. There was the the false start. I mean, those things add up. And that's just I don't know that we've seen very often nine for ninety in the first half since Brett Bealum has been here. Uh, that, that I think it was an outlier, but it almost really really got them. And and if not for the quarterback they went and found on the transfer portal.
1: It's what makes you nervous in these early games. You're going to be undisciplined. And against an FCS opponent, Illinois still probably blows them out, you know, 50 to 10 or whatever it is. Uh, but Toledo's a good team. And Toledo didn't make as many mistakes. Uh, Toledo wasn't, you know, the most efficient tonight. You know, Dequan Finn wasn't the best passer, though he had some great moments tonight. Uh, when he was in the pocket, he was you know beatable. But they're a good football team. And then they know how to win games. And they they played really well, and kudos to Jason Candle and that crew. Um, the other big concern, and we'll go we're going negative here first before we get into the real positives. Oh my God, I played in the trenches. That At least in the first half, yeah, especially in the first half. But you know, there's some moments late in that fourth quarter where where they got they struggled a little bit there too. But yeah, that that first half was a little bit alarming. Uh, Illinois interior offensive line struggled. That's not too surprising. Josh Kurtz and Josh Gesky had some moments that weren't that great, but they just couldn't get that run game going. You know, Barry Lunny goes two runs right up the gut and it didn't work. And, uh, you know, play calling or whatever. Like you got to be able to rely on that. Like your identity for Illinois has to be, you got to be more physical than Toledo. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah. Can I just, you mentioned Indiana. That was Indiana last yes. year. Like the interior, Zy Chrysler, Alex Philstrom
0: struggled at Indiana. Like there are very parallels, very parallel things between this game and that Indiana game, other than the outcome.
1: I, I felt like Indiana. Like I'm, that's like my big takeaway from this entire game, except you found a way uh, to, to win the game. I thought they got better in the second half. I thought they were more physical. I saw some really good blocks off the middle. Jordan Slaughter played more uh, in the second half, which I thought was very notable. We do should note Zai Chrysler and Isaiah Adams both suffered injuries in this game. Brett Fiuma said he doesn't think they're serious. They're going to have to do some follow-ups to figure all that out. But that was a concern, uh, and uh, it certainly the offensive line did not play great tonight. But they did end up with 4.7 yards per carry. And towards the end of the game, I thought the offensive line really settled in. The two sacks they gave up on the one drive certainly hurt. But I, I thought that last drive after the great Casey Washington catch from Luke Altmeyer. Uh, after that one, they had some big runs to get that within field goal range for Caleb Griffin. My bigger concern was what what happened to the defensive front tonight? They weren't good. Like uh, Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph weren't big difference makers, except for a couple drives in the second half. Uh, Denzel Daxon, I thought, had some struggles, especially in the first half. Uh, and the outside linebackers lost contain a lot. Gabe Ackes with that penalty. I, I don't. I'm not worried about the sacks as much in this game because you're trying to contain Daquan Finn, but they didn't contain Daquan Finn. Uh on the and those are your guys. Like you got to be able to really rely on that defensive front. And you couldn't tonight. Um, and, and I thought I thought the secondary was pretty good tonight. The the defensive front was the concern.
0: Yeah, I do wonder how much of that was, was balanced for trying to contain Daquan Finn, versus what are we gonna see? at Kansas. I mean, if it's if it's Jalen Daniels, it's the same. you, you got to contain him. So that was a concern because that, that was the narrative this offseason, right? Like, hey, whatever the changes around this team, and then there were substantial changes. Defensively, you, you lose your quarterback, you lose Chase Brown. We've talked about all of it for months, Jeremy. But the narrative was, hey, they've got these lines. They've got these lines. And they settled in, but I don't – it wasn't what we thought, I guess, early on. And I just – you do wonder first game i I'm, i don't think anyone should say right off the lines but i thought we thought this was going to be like this like bully deal and it just it, it, they had moments but they, they also had moments where it's like oh that's not what we thought we'd see
1: yeah uh I, i'm not too concerned about johnny newton and keith randolph for no for this season no, no. um I would probably be more concerned about Gabe Ackerson and Seth Coleman struggling a little bit tonight because those guys still have to to take their game up another level for for this team. Uh, so Charlie Bowen and that crew, I'm interested to see how they bounce back. I thought the linebackers were solid. There was probably some moments in the first half. Toledo's offensive line was really physical tonight. They, they impressed me. I really like Jason Candle's play calling with their movements about what they were doing up front. But I just expected them to own in the trenches, and they didn't. Uh, Toledo outran Illinois. 186 yards, 163. Uh, I thought Reggie Love had a good second half. Luke Altmaier was great with his legs. But uh, that was a little bit more of a concern than, than I thought it would be. Let's dive into it, Joey. Big positive from this game. Luke Altmaier had one throw he'd like to have back, right? That was a bad throw in and in a triple coverage that he forced. We expect that stuff from, from a first-time starter trying to figure all this stuff out. Probably got excited they were taking a deep shot. Otherwise, he was fantastic. Him and Daquan Finn maybe evened out at the end of this game, but I thought Luke Altmaier looked like the best player on the field for most of this game, 18 to 26, 211 yards, two touchdowns, nine carries, 69 yards. He looked like a former four-star prospect that had a chance to start at Ole Miss last year and and a guy that we thought could be a dynamic playmaker. He looked comfortable, confident, poised. That throw to Casey Washington, which was not blocked well, um, in the face of pressure to throw that up and give Casey Washington a chance that's big-time stuff, and, and the way he uses legs. I, I think we tried to, to talk about how excited Barry Loney is about his running ability, but that showed tonight because he was the best thing they had going on the ground.
0: Yeah, I don't know if it's ideal that he would lead the team in rushing every game, but he was he, – if I, if I would have told you that was his first career start against an FB, like, you wouldn't have believed it. He looked very settled. He looked very poised. That was kind of the talk after the game was that final drive that he was just kind of had the control. And everyone just kind of – look, when we said it, dude. When a guy makes throws, people get on board. It's really not rocket science, right? makes some throws, people are going to buy into it. But it wasn't – I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to put it into words because, like, his passes had so much zip. Like, he confidently used the middle of the field, trusted his guys, Isaiah Williams, Pat Bryant, Casey Washington. He just – he looked like a guy
1: – there was the one pass, but he looked like a guy who had done this before. I tweeted out at one point, it's time to let him cook. And the next play, he threw the interception. But his decision-making outside of that one play was great. It was fantastic. I was really encouraged by his decision-making. So I don't know what the PFF grades are going to be, but I thought the quarterback he had the highest grade of anybody on this team. And I will say this, Joey, I thought his receivers made plays. You know, Pat Bryant said after the game, I, I wish we could have stretched the field a little bit more, but Pat Bryant, six catches, 64 yards, two touchdowns. I love the play call Barry well had for him for his first touchdown. Isaiah Williams, five catches, 51 yards. Casey Washington, four for 54. Tip Ryman got involved, two catches, 33 yards. I think both those in the first quarter. Um, so you only had five people catch a pass in this. So maybe the wide receiver room didn't go as deep as I thought, but those starters I thought performed extremely well.
0: Well, they still dug into a little bit of the depth. Malik had one – we can get into that later. He had one uh, snap, I think. One snap, one target. Luke Altmaier looked for him the whole way, by the way. Ashton Hollins was out mm-hmm. there, Hank Beatty. So, in terms of production, like, you're talking about catches? No, but like they, they did dive into a little bit of that. I'm curious how much more Not as much goes. as I thought it would be. Yeah, I'm with you. There, there was a lot. We should get into that later about the rotations yeah. and what we, yes. what we kind of expected and what we saw. But, yeah, I, we thought this wide receiver room was better. Like, I, I think tonight showed that. Pat Bryant, they're really talking about him as, as somebody here. And it seems like he and Luke Altmaier have taken a pretty fast connection and they, they look good together. Casey Washington was the guy who, early on, when Luke Altmaier got here, was kind of that put his arm around you. Hey, you're going to, you know, I'm going to be your, your guy here and, and we're going to welcome you in here. Casey Washington means a lot to that locker room and he means a lot to Luke Altmaier.
1: Phenomenal hands. Up- phenomenal hand like not an explosive player but casey's a hell of a blocker and just he catches whatever is next to him. like can we bring anything go for it
0: it's 2019 it's freshman year he'd stay after training camp pour one out for open training camps (laughs) and he would just put on this like spectacle catching the ball it's like dang dude you you can really catch it and just kind of been a slow build for him I, Mm -hmm. i think that's the best way to put it with casey washington it's just been a slow build and He's a really reliable, I think he's a really reliable receiver. He doesn't, we've talked about the things he doesn't do exceptionally, but he's really reliable, and, and Luke Altmaier trusts him, and I think that's a big deal.
1: Yeah, Reggie Love, 58 yards on 11 carries, or 12 carries. That's about what I expect from Reggie. I expect him to be productive at that one long run of 29 yards, but had a couple key ones uh, in that second half. Josh McCray. Took a while to get going. Had the touchdown run. That's a lot of value when you get you can actually have a guy that can plunge in from one yard. Uh, but struggling that first half, got going a little bit late, a couple key runs late, uh, but just 2.7 yards per carry on 11 attempts for 30 yards. Uh, no other running back got into that rotation. So they, they trust those two guys. But I, I thought more of the problems were up front. I thought there was one run Reggie Love got a one-on-one with a safety. Maybe Chase Brown breaks that one. Uh, I, I thought that was the difference of not having Chase Brown. But I think Reggie Love can be productive with good blocking. Josh McCray, um, need your interior to perform better because he was getting hit in, in the backfield quite a bit.
0: Yeah, interior of the offensive line. Again, I go back to Indiana. I think the staff has earned the benefit of the doubt that those guys will be they'll play better moving forward. Uh, if not, I don't know what the, the depth options are there. But, yeah, I, that's what I thought out of Reggie Love. Like, I think ideally if you're Illinois – you get a, a 90-60 out of those guys, some, some kind of variation. of it. They didn't run the ball very effectively in, in this game beyond Luke Altmyer, and that's something that I, I don't think you and I necessarily saw coming.
1: I thought Luke Altmyer would help the run game. You know, I've been making that bold claim of uh, this team could actually – be a better rushing team. And I think is a big part of that. I, I didn't think he'd lead the team in rushing. Uh, but I think he can be a guy that can give you 30, 40 yards um, of positive carries. I and mean, Sacks will probably get taken out of that. Like, think about that. Sacks got taken out of that today for Luke Altmire, right? Um, and, point, and he still gets say, 69 yards. Nice rushing. Um, I, thought, I thought the secondary was good. You know, there were oh, some moments, uh, you know, Aaron Henry – I think played a lot of zone early on from what I was watching. I'll have to go back and watch some of the film. But a lot of zone early, and uh, you know Toledo's taking a little bit advantage of that and and getting some of these nickel and dime things. But I thought they went more man and got more aggressive in their pressure packages early in the second half, and I think that made a big difference after that initial scoring drive. And I I thought those guys played pretty well. I mean, the two guys they've hyped up, Xavier Scott with two pass breakups, played really well, played both nickel – and the boundary corner after Tyler Strange suffered a concussion. Uh, they moved Xavier Scott back out. Elijah McCantos played came in. I thought he was solid. There was a couple of times one-on-one he got beat, but he didn't make some plays. And then Miles Scott with the, the game-changing interception almost had another one. Um, Miles Scott in that free safety spot. Illinois earned some trust when they uh, hype up some DBs, is what I'm saying now. Uh, with Quan Martin last year and, and now those two tonight, the Scott guys, um, played pretty well. So I, th- I thought the DBs were pretty encouraging for the most part
0: i'm just waiting for brett Bielman to scott's tots this thing <laughs> i guess miles scott might be a little too old for that xavier scott at any rate uh but real quick i think luke altmeyer is rushing that he had 69 after three and he got sacked twice in the fourth so i don't know he still got 69 anyway i mean it's yeah. neither here nor there it's your crusade against stats yeah. counting his rushing yards yeah the secondary i was Taz Nicholson had had some moments there. Those pass or yeah, those pass interferences were poorly timed, right? He gets up celebrating after he caught like the flag almost hits him. The head. Like, uh, yeah, that was a flag. But the Scott guys, man, I th- I thought they played a, a good football game. Miles Scott, you know, similar to like we said with Luke Altmaier, you wouldn't have thought this was his first, like real, real start. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have believed that Miles Scott moved a defensive back in the spring. Like, he the, – the way it wasn't similar to Indiana was he didn't have those breaks that Kendall Smith had early in that first half of Indiana. Like, Miles Scott kept things in front of him. Now, it helps. Daquan Finn leaves a little bit to be desired accuracy-wise on, on some of those throws. But, yeah, that secondary, still got to see more, right? I think that's yeah. fair. But that was a pretty good first impression for, for what we just thought was a question
1: mark. Yeah, taking it into the the press box a little bit. We were watching Daquan Finn, you know, turn some of those. Here's the thing. Um, Toledo, they were getting first down yardage consistently. That was the key. That was setting up a second down, and we can take a chance, which Toledo didn't hit on a lot of those. But you set up Daquan Finn for a third and six, he can run for it. It's just hard to contain that. Like, he's a good playmaker. And we were talking in the press box, like, he's got a lot of A.J. Bush to him. I love lot, that comp. That was a good comp. A, a lot of AJ Bush of you know, it's he, hard to stop a guy that's that slippery, that athletic. He's got some size to him. Um, so so kudos to him, but you got him in the sitting in the pocket. That's when you know you he you could contain him a little bit. And sometimes you make mistakes, and it's when he finally got off the field. But he's a good player. The Toledo's got some some good players on offense. I thought their offensive line looks good. I think that team's gonna win the Mac. Uh, definitely go to the Mac championship game. So uh, that's a good team with some good players, uh, but Illinois shooting itself in the foot is why they had to sweat this one out.
0: Yeah, I wonder what would have happened if there was one offensive – obviously you mentioned the 17 points. I wonder what would have happened if, if they don't get in the way – it's just not characteristic. Like We've covered teams, Jeremy, that that is characteristic. Mm-hmm. That wasn't what we've seen from Brett Bielema coach teams here. Uh, so I'm, I'm wondering if that, you that know, gets corrected going into to Kansas on Friday night.
1: Yeah, it's just watching the film, and I think it's just playing. It's early in the season. I think you just got to play some of these games and you deal with it. But when you got a team like Toledo, that's what makes this game so difficult. This is the first game. Like you wish Ford Atlantic, who still could have probably given Illinois a game tonight, uh, but you wish you had an easier opponent, an Akron or an FCS opponent, that you can deal with some of those things, learn from it, feel comfortable, never feel threatened. But uh, I don't know if you learn more or if you feel better about learning from, from a close win, Um, but boy, to to actually win the game rather than what happened at Indiana. I think you learn from both of them, but I I think that's monstrous for Illinois. Um, You know, just for confidence going, going in on the road at Kansas, it's just going to be similarly talented than, than Toledo. I know Kansas is not fully where it wants to be yet, but uh, that's an explosive offense with power five players and, uh, it's gonna be a huge test, so it's gonna be a big big jump in, in six days.
0: Yeah, I mean, let's just say it, like Toledo scores that touchdown and you're doing it doing the math in your head it's like, okay, if Illinois doesn't score, it's fourth and four and Luke Alma throws a prayer to Casey Washington that comes down and you're going through your mind. it's like, okay, if they lose this game, Kansas is a difficult game that I, I know you pick Kansas to win and then Penn State and all of a sudden you're three weeks into this. And, like, that could get a little hairy. Like, I think just having the confidence of going out there and, and squeaking out a win that I don't want to say they didn't deserve to win because Luke Altmaier sure as heck did. He looked pretty freaking right. good. Uh, but that that changes a little bit of the tenor of these first three weeks. Just Still, obviously, I see what happens. But, man, there was didn't take you long to go down the rabbit hole of what it could have looked like if that fourth and four pass falls incomplete.
1: With the busy fall season around the corner, you might be looking for some wholesome, convenient meals for your jam packed days. Kids back in school, work is heating up again. Well, Factor, America's number one ready to eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef prepared, dietitian approved, ready to eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. You can refresh your healthy habits without missing a beat. Choose some 34 plus weekly flavor packed, dietitian approved meals ready to eat in just two minutes. Too busy running running around during the day to think about lunch? Well, keep your energy up with lunch to go. Effortless, wholesome meals of grain bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go. No microwave required. Or if you're looking for calorie conscious options ahead of busy season, try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving or if you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best for the rest of summer and the start of fall, try Protein Plus Meals, my favorite, with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. So this August, get factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. So head to Factormeals.com slash i 50 and use code i 50 to get 50% off. That's code i 50 at Factormeals.com slash i 50 to get 50% off.
2: Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. It's lightweight, textile towel or offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com.
1: All right, let's, uh, let's bring in our producer, uh, Isaac Ambrose. Isaac, let's get some of these uh, questions on the live YouTube. We got plenty of people, 250-plus people here at uh, almost midnight. Love it. Love you crazies, you sicko. So, uh, Isaac, go through some of these, uh, you know, listener submitted questions, comments. Go for it, man.
2: Yeah, I think. The biggest one that stands out to me, I don't think you guys have really touched on yet. And being at the stadium, it was a little bit hard to keep track of who was running on and off the field, um, especially on the defensive side. Uh, Joseph, Joseph Blay, player, sorry, I might have butchered your last name. I like McCanto's performance today. Yes, he got beat a couple times, but for playing his first major action, made plays, I like it. So I think there was multiple guys getting uh, their first action tonight, so... Curious your guys' takes on McCantos and the rest of the, the new guys.
0: Yeah, we were trying to figure out who was next in that secondary. I do wonder if Tyson Rooks would have been next, if he would have been next at Nickel. Brett Bealman mentioned him he was out this game, but I did think it was notable that Xavier Scott kicked out to boundary. I, I thought that was something to circle. I know that's not exactly the question about McCantos, but I thought he played fine. Like he did have some mistakes in the same way that Tyler Strain had mistakes a year ago and Xavier Scott, like I think it's really hard to circle just how difficult it is being a freshman or a redshirt freshman getting your first significant like that just takes time, but I, I did him going out there was was interesting to me and just kind of the the mini reshuffling that they did back there. And Jim, I let you hit on that before. There's one other point I'd like to bring up if we're talking defensive backs after you go.
1: Yeah, um, I thought it was noticeable who came in first. It was Elijah McCantos and Zachary Toby, freshman Zachary Toby, uh, who was here in the spring. I thought it was notable when we saw spring scrimmage. He was second team ahead of Caleb Patterson, uh, ahead of some uh, other guys who have been here for a little bit. I do think Tyson Rooks probably would have played that nickel if he would have came in, um, and Elijah McCantos maybe would have played corner. But getting those guys some reps is is important, but uh, that's what I find interesting is just who comes in first. But I I do think one of the most interesting things we were talking about in the first half was they were playing their backup defensive linemen a lot. And Brett was asked about it after the game, and I'm glad he was uh, because, you know, Johnny and Keith played so many reps last year and they were so productive. But towards the end of the game, sometimes they could struggle because they were just gassed. I mean, they're, they're human, <laughs> even though they're NFL draft prospects. We saw a lot of T R Edwards coming in. We saw a lot of Bryce Barnes um, senior. I thought he had played pretty well tonight. We saw a lot of Sed McConnell and. I don't know if those guys did great because the defensive line I thought struggled for most of the night, but uh, they are more intense on keeping Johnny Newton and Keith Randolph fresh late in games, Joey.
0: Yeah, I thought that was telling. There, there were – especially on third down. There were some third downs where those two weren't out there, and I thought that is – that is a choice. And I wonder if that's going to carry over into Kansas. I know there's a lot of value in keeping those two fresh because I think Brett has searched high and low this offseason about that ending of the season. Because I think – I know it's I don't say I know it's eating at him, but all signs point the way he talked about it, that ending eats at him. And I think he dove in to literally everything. And I think defensive line snaps, he mentioned that tonight specifically to try to maybe manage those a little bit earlier on in the season rather than late. I I also want to point out we, we had talked we didn't know what the rotation like we should also talk about the rotations because it was kind of presented to us that there would be a safety rotation, especially at that boundary safety. Have to look at the PFF stats, but I sure thought Clayton Bush played an awful lot of those snaps.
1: I thought, I, I, I thought, I thought Scott and Bush played all the snaps. I, yeah, I don't want to know I if look came at that, field.
0: but that wasn't what we thought. And until Chrysler went down, I think he was cramps. I, I know Isaac, you highlighted a, a question about Isaiah Adams. Brett Bielman mentioned something with his knee, yeah. he, we saw him walk off the field. He looked fine. But the point being, like before those two, there wasn't really that much rotation on the offensive line either. And I thought that that's what I wondered coming in was how they were going to do that. And we didn't see the rotations that it was maybe on the defensive line. Like we saw in places, I don't know that we circled as much Um, the defensive line in particular.
1: Yeah. I thought we saw more on the defensive line getting rotated and less at places. I thought we would wide receiver. Like, I don't think there were a ton. Like I know Ashton Islands played a little bit. Hank Beatty played a little bit. Blake Elsie played just a tad. Those starters weren't for most of the game. There was not a ton of 12 personnel. Uh, and it was mostly Henry Boyer. This is a second tight end. Uh, Tip Ryman played almost every snap, but uh, Henry Boyer played most of the backup snaps. Didn't see Griffin Moore really. He got out there.
0: there in that fourth quarter late. But, right. Yeah.
1: Right. And then uh, you know linebackers rotate a little bit, but I'm I'm pretty sure Dylan Rosiak played a lot more than Canena Odaluga tonight. And uh, Roseyak was led the a team. spy. Yeah, he led the it team like to tackles. He was yeah, yeah, and uh, running back too. Yeah, running back, just two guys. Um, so I, I thought you know, when games are tight, they, they talk all about rotating, but when games are tight, you keep in who you trust. Uh, and that, that certainly was the case tonight, except for the, the defensive line. Yeah. Isaac, I'm what with else you. We got?
2: Yeah. We we've had a lot of questions about the offensive line and injuries. So I kind of want to make probably clump this into a two-parter first off from the most part, it sounds like nothing super concerning injury wise on either side of the ball. So if you guys want to touch on that and then also, um, where, where do you think Bielma goes if Adams or Chrysler or somebody has to uh, miss time next week?
1: Yeah, the guy I would be concerned about is Tyler Strain. If he had a concussion you know, six days out from a game, I, I, I doubt he would be available for the next one. Uh, Zach Chrysler left, then came back in, but then he was out on the last series. They moved Josh Geske to right tackle. Zach Barlov came in the game for the first time in that last drive at right guard. They Kruitz at center, obviously Jordan Slaughter at left guard. Uh, if either of those guys had to miss a game, I mean, it depends on who's available. The way they were walking after the game, it felt like they, they would be available. Brett Bielen will probably know more on Monday. I doubt he'll tell us very much. But uh, we did learn a little bit about how they'll move around this offensive line. And when Chrysler got hurt, Isaiah Adams bumped out to right tackle. Jordan Slaughter came in at left guard. Josh Gesky stayed at right guard. But we did see Gesky get replaced at, at a time. Uh, for Jordan Slaughter. So Slaughter gives you that experience and versatility at both those guard positions. Barlev can play center or guard. That's your top seven, right? You figured out your top seven tonight was Slaughter and Barlev are the first options. I'd imagine Hunter Whitenack would be next up of that group with Brandon Henderson, the freshman behind him, Joey. Yeah,
0: that's exactly what I think. We don't know. I mean, I see people asking. It looked to us like Chrysler was cramps because he came back in and was kind of toasty down there. I don't know. I mean, as you mentioned, we're
1: not going to know Anyway. Week one is always the test of hydration for, for all these guys. You go to high school games, you go to college games, you see it throughout the day, and it is hot, right? But it's our first time of playing this many snaps at this kind of pace, um, and it's always a test of uh, – cramps are always going to happen this first week.
0: Boy, there were a lot of them. St. Dom's coming in like he hasn't read a bit of coverage, whereas Desmond Schuster, we've covered that for three months, Dom. Um Sorry, I man. Yeah, he is—he has been not right. been cleared to play.
1: Desmond Schuster has not been cleared to play. Yeah, I shouldn't have been a jerk. It, it, I shouldn't have. At
0: anyway, uh, yeah, I, I thought that was the I, Adams moving to right tackle was the one I kind of was like, oh, okay, because the whole my whole thought process was Geski kicks out, Slaughter goes in. They they kind of reshuffled it, which tells me maybe they're more comfortable with Slaughter at left guard than right guard. I don't know, or, or maybe they were more comfortable with Chrysler being the
1: tackle. I thought that was probably. Yeah, what else we got here, Isaac?
2: Yeah, uh, another one that stood out. Special teams. I mean, last year was such a negative at times, but tonight didn't <laughs> didn't really stand out for bad reasons. Um, I thought I thought Hugh made some solid punts. So uh, interested to hear what you guys have have to say on the special teams.
0: I I did see Brett Bealman and Robbie Disher walking off the field, and, and Brett had his arm around Robbie Disher, and all I could think about was like, boy, am I glad I called that guy. <laughs> because special teams was good. yeah, yes, yeah sure. cross Thank off you. the list. Hugh Robertson I now mean, he, he punted what well. we saw him do that at times like I feel like the whole conversation and when he wasn't good it was not good but I feel like the whole conversation around Hugh gets skewed to like six bad punts yeah. in a year which were costly like I, I'm not trying to say they weren't but he was good. I thought the coverage Toledo had some some decisions to return kicks. I thought I I'm, I'm unsure. Why that would happen? And James Cruz, the heat-seeking missile.
1: Jeremy's man. I mean, he oh, is. I can't wait to oh, gif. I can't wait to clip that, gif that, and put it in the position grades. Because boy, it was it was that fantastic, Joe? Your mic is making some noises. Um, yeah, I can't. I can't wait. I can't, I can't wait. Unhook that mic, Joey. <laughs> just take that thing out. Um, I can't wait to to look at James Cruz, because that dude just hits. So dang hard. Uh, that was a lot of fun to watch. But, yeah, I mean, we saw Hugh Robertson late in the season punt well. And for him, it wasn't about ability. It was about consistency. Uh, and I thought tonight we saw what we saw towards the end of last season, what we saw during the spring as well when we saw Hugh Robertson, uh, and that was performed pretty well. Like, forty-seven 47-yard punts tonight. Uh, I just thought he was consistently good. And, man, I was – in the North end zone saying, Hey, Illinois needs to go score. They need to go score a touchdown here. I don't want to leave this up to a, a kicker. And, and I, I trust Caleb Griffin, but I just thought that they needed to score and, and then go for two and force Toledo to have to go down the field and score a touchdown. But Brett Bielma showed a lot of faith in him. The running back set it up to where they were able to get a 27, 28 yard field goal. And it was true, man. Caleb Griffin, Looked great, uh, uh, h- hitting that field goal, and he was really good on kickoffs tonight. So, yeah, special teams certainly was a positive tonight. I thought they'd be better this year because I just thought Hugh Robertson had to improve a little bit, and I didn't think the return game took unnecessary risks. And you know, Isaiah Williams was able to catch his punts, which is always the most important thing. You got me. Yeah, you're good. You sound so, much better.
0: That is karma for picking on Dom. If I've ever <laughs> in my life, uh, I deserve that. Uh, yeah, I, I, special like. That's what I thought. I, the return game—I couldn't hear for like 32% yeah. of what you said. Uh, they, they returned a little bit. I thought Pat Bryant being Pat Bryant came out, so we saw the next up would be Aiden lawfrey I think that was because Pat Bryant—it looked like he cramped at one point—and I'm wondering if they just wanted to take something else off of his plate. But yeah, I mean, I, special teams is good. I don't know if it's uh, Blake Hayes' glory day is good,
1: but it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Chase says I have a lot more concerns after game one than I thought. We don't have anything to hang our hat on other than the quarterback, wide receivers, and special teams, this is where the small sample size plays in. I think their offensive line will get better. I think their defensive line is a strength. I think their defensive front is a strength. I just didn't think they played well tonight. I don't know if they were thinking they could dominate tonight or what it was, but uh, they need improvement. But Terrence Jamison and Bart Miller should should give you some confidence that that group's going to get better. As you said, Joey, against Indiana, the offensive line wasn't very good last year, but they – that group needs chemistry. That, that group needs reps together. I would be concerned a little bit about depth uh, with, with some injuries. But uh, defensive line, Like I expect Johnny Newton, Keith Randolph, Seth Coleman, and Gabe is to play better.
0: Yeah, I think that'll all balance itself out. I think it'll be fine. Again, Indiana is such a perfect comp for this. I thought, spe- I thought the secondary was going to be a concern after Indiana because Indiana had some really big plays. We thought the offensive line was going to be a concern. Like, the reality, they had two first-time starters on the right side interior of their offensive line with uh, Josh Cruz and, and uh, Josh Gesky. It takes time. Like, I, I don't think that you can't hang your hat on that. I just think it's small sample size. And yeah. I get it. Like, we've been waiting to see something for eight months. And, like, you want to react to everything. And that's what we're paid to do. And that's what, like, we do as fans when we're watching other things. Like, I get it. But I, I, I do think that, like, there is a big jump.
1: We have a pretty big sample size of Seth Coleman, Gabe Ackis, Johnny Newton, and Keith Randolph. Right? Johnny uh,
0: Newton still had moments tonight where you're like, oh, yeah, that's that's right.
1: So, Keith, yeah. Keith had some good reps. It just wasn't consistent quite enough. Dan, did you like the fourth down carry call for McRae? I didn't like going for it or the play call. I don't mind going for it. Um, that was a long, long field goal, and I think you should be able to gain a yard if you're Illinois against Toledo. And you didn't because – out, I don't need to call out the kid, but Josh Kesky just missed his block. Just missed his block. The, the nose guard went through, and uh, it wasn't Josh McCray's fault. You know, Josh McCray got tackled by a 300-pound man. Like, I'm not going to blame the guy for that. Um, so I, the play call, I could have issues with. I thought Luke Allmire deserved some some trust to, to make a play there. Uh, as we saw later, he, he made a nice fourth down throw. And then Dan follows up, and McCray doesn't get more dependable getting the tough yards in the next couple of games, any chance we see Fagan? I will let Joey Wagner call, answer that one because he was all game saying, Caden Fagan, Caden Fagan.
0: I mean, I think there's a level of excitement, but I, I'm not ready to turn the page on Josh McCray from the, like He still had 541 yards as a true freshman. It could be okay. I mean, I do wonder, right, because like this whole thing is supposed to be by committee. If half of your committee is is struggling to do that, then I don't know, but I, I think Josh McCray will be okay. As you mentioned, the fourth and one was not great. <laughs> yeah, it just it didn't work out. But I think – I don't know. I don't think so because I think there's still a lot of trust in Josh McCray.
1: Yeah, I see a comment about the Illinois defensive front maybe didn't look as good because they were playing contain. I'm not concerned about the sacks. Like I thought they actually put some pressure on Finn at times. I was concerned about the run stopping, Like right? The fact that they were getting yards consistently on first down, and that wasn't Finn, that was their running backs, like Stewart uh, and, and their big back. I forget his name. Like they were the kid they from were from Maryland. Yeah, getting consistent yards on first down to where they would get to third and four, third and three. And it's just hard to contain Finn uh, at that point. So that was my concern. I, I'm not concerned about, oh, they need this many sacks per game. Uh, you just need to contain, you need pressure. But the fact that they were getting beat up front, like just physically uh, was the concern there. And then containing, losing contain of Finn. Like I, I think Brett Bielen was pretty disappointed in his outside linebackers today.
0: Yeah. I'm with you a On hundred. percent. Penny Boone is a big back yeah. transfer from Maryland. That was why it was those first yards. Where they were just grind through five or six yards or those first downs. They'd grind through five or six yards. That just wasn't what we thought. I, I do think similar to what we talked about the interior of the offensive line got used to seeing Calvin Avery play pretty good football at nose. I just think that there's going to be some growing there, but I, th- I think defensive line will be fine. I, I don't. I-, I think that defensive front is still really talented
1: that just didn't play its best game. Uh, M. News, this is the game Illinois would lose in previous years.
0: Brett Bielma said it on the radio. He implied it. I don't know if he directly said it, but yeah, they lo- They lost this in 21. They lost this twice. They lost this to UTSA, and they lost it when they came back and lost to Rutgers after they beat Penn State on the road. They've lost this game before in the Brett 10 years. They lost it last year against Indiana. Like, now they might still lose one this year, like this, right? Like, that's still very much on the table. But there is a, an incremental sign of growth there.
1: Uh, Fedigator, why do you think we didn't see Fagan? He's a freshman, and I don't think they trust him yet. Like, you're going to give a freshman his first carry um, in a tight game. I, I, it's just rare to see that. That's why we didn't see Jordan Anderson last year. We should have seen him in Northwestern. But it's why, it's why we didn't see him when he was traveling with the team, even though they could have used a goal line back, It's just they got to have trust. And that's why, again, a team like an FCS opponent is so valuable. You can get some of those guys, those reps, just to get the hit, the first Big Ten hit. I just don't think you want to be giving that to Caden Fagan on the goal line or on a fourth and one or whatever it is. Um, I, I think they want to work him into a different situation.
0: I do think in an alternative universe, instead of two sacks to end that drive before the Toledo final scoring drive, Illinois goes down and gets some points. I do wonder if that would have put them at a uh, the, uh, two-score game, right, they go down and get a, uh, point, some points on that. I do wonder if you would have tried to churn some out with Caden Fagan. Uh, but, yeah, I, I don't.
1: Now with Love and McCray, two guys who have done it, taken those hits, and they trust. Like it, It's one of the biggest things of coaching staffs you'll learn. I know everyone wants see Malik Elzey tonight. They trust Pat Bryant. Like that, that's why he plays. Not that, not that they don't think Malik Elzey is going to be good, the new toy everybody wants to see. That's why, that's why Pat Bryant was like more important coming into the season than Malik Elzey because he's played a lot. The coaching staff trusts him. He knows what he's doing out there. You get under these bright lights, it's different, man. Like, that's why they trusted Gail Griffin to do it. And I think Gail Griffin was pushed by David Alano, and David Alano might have had a better training camp. Caleb Griffin said that.
0: Caleb Griffin, he didn't have his best training camp. I mean, he straight up said that today.
1: But Caleb Griffin has kicked in big moments in big games, and uh, I think that's what they trust. Uh, One more before we get out of here. Fedegator, good win, top three concerns. Defensive discipline, yep. That's a big issue after tonight. I expect them to correct that. Brett Bielma usually did a pretty good job last year cutting out the penalties towards the end of the year. Uh, O-line, yeah, I want to see Kruitz and Geske play better next game. Um, I, I don't I'll have to watch the film to see the other guys. Three, 90% of he's play calling. I tell you what, Lennie's opening script was phenomenal. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of play action, a lot of different misdirection, and Luke Altmaier delivering the ball with confidence and accuracy. That was phenomenal after that. Then penalties kind of disrupted them. They didn't just didn't have the ball very much. What was it, three drives in the first half? Yeah, uh,
0: after they had that five-minute possession to start, and then I think you had the stat. It was like seventeen to six. versus the first half.
1: Yeah, um, so he just didn't have the ball very long. And one of those drives was just you know all those penalties that really hurt them. Uh, second half, I thought he was pretty good. Um, you know, the the fourth down, fourth and one call is probably the big one. That, that two-point conversion. Two-point conversion. Yeah. You know, it's it's something sitting in my mind. Like, was that meant to be a lateral? <laughs>
0: I mean, it looked like it. To it be looked, like, like, it, it Casey Washington looked
1: like he had a little kind of seam there to potentially go in for the two-point conversion, which would have made a big difference uh, in that fourth quarter, by the way.
0: I'm sure there's probably also – there was a, a four-down – Illinois was clearly in four-down mode, and it was the third down was kind of a little one of those awkward – not awkward pitches, but those little pitches that went nowhere that set up a little bit of a longer fourth down. Here's the thing. like Luke Altmaier was comfortable. Like Barry Lunny's play calling also has – like some effect on Luke Altmyer, who had a pretty good game. I think there were some plays. Every game there's plays, but yeah. that's kind
1: of becoming the bingo board here. Offense scored 30 points. No, I guess, you know, Miles yeah. Scott had to pick six there. But your offense really helped you win this game. Um, so, I mean, Luke Altmyer played a big role in that, but isn't Barry Loney a big part of Luke Altmyer and in, in calling kind of the plays he wants. So, man, I, there's some plays you want back, I'm, I'm sure. But uh, I don't know. I didn't. There's a couple plays that I think every offensive coordinator you can go back and, and look at the game plan and say those were issues. I, I I thought Barry was fine today, to be honest with you. I didn't I didn't have a huge issue with ninety percent. Ninety percent's way overstating it. That's a little steep for me. There was one that that fourth
0: down, that fourth and one. I think there were three straight runs. I'd have to go yeah. back and look at that. That was probably like to trust Luke, but that was early in the game, right? That was the first half. I have somewhere in my mess of notes, like. I don't know that he probably does that again in the fourth quarter, right, or or late in the third quarter. So I think you could probably circle that and say, okay, maybe you put it in Luke's hands for one of those. But also you've got Josh McCray, and and you believe in running the football, and you believe in being an offensive line. I understand how he got there. I think you could probably circle those three, though.
1: Can I go back to those two plays? I think I should be able to count on my center and guard to to make blocks. Yeah, 100%. Like your, your third and one, fourth and one. Just make a block. Put a body on somebody. You don't even have to win the rep. Just put a body on somebody. They had two whiffs. They had two whiffs on that, and that can't happen. That has to be your identity. I understand it didn't work. Um, I would have done something different on the fourth down, but the third down, Paul, I'm like, no, run it up the gut. You should be able to gain a yard against Toledo, and they, they weren't able to. So right. offensive line has got to get better from that. I'm sure Bart Miller will be addressing that this week.
0: Indiana. I do. Hold on. There's one before we get out of here. Mm-hmm. Uh, thoughts on the clock mismanagement at the end of the game, giving them a chance to win it. Brett Bielema explained it. There were eight seconds. He called a timeout. It was third down. If it's a botched snap, you can pounce on it, fall on it, call a timeout and get the chance. You, the, his logic there was to to give yourself room for error. I mean, I get it. I get it If you're watching, it, you worry about them taking a kickback or whatever the case, but you sure as heck I think would rather have that if there's a botched snap on that. And but that was his, that was Brett Bielema's logic with it.
1: At the end of the day, Joey, this was very close to being a bad week one loss. I, even, even with Toledo, Mac champ, respect him. I said Illinois needed to play. It's B game today. Um, they probably got away with their C game and, and, and got away with a victory here because of Miles Scott big play, Luke Altmyer's big play. They're a very, very thin line of pulling out this win tonight. So uh, there's certainly a lot of things they need to address in the next week before they head to Kansas.
0: 100% with you. Can we do a quick three stars? Three stars of the sure. game? Sure. We'll make this hockey style. I know you're not a yeah. big hockey guy, but number one is, is Luke Altmeyer. I, I don't know, hot take. Then you got to put Miles Scott. Like that play mm-hmm. changed the whole tenor of the game. Do they go Pat Bryant? Or do you go – I mean, I think it's got to be Pat Bryant, even though Caleb Griffin it feels weird leaving him off there.
1: I mean, that Casey Washington play was
0: – Yeah. <laughs> Casey had some to be. That was one of the penalties. Remember, Luke Altmaier found Casey on the Toledo sideline, and it was called back for something of sort. That, yeah, I mean,
1: him. we we want to pick apart some Barry Lundy plays. Like, let's give him credit. Like that Pat Bryant first touchdown, phenomenal play call.
0: Yeah, Casey. Phenomenal. That it was T- Tip Ryman had holding. It was that second drive. Mm-hmm. It was Tip Ryman holding? False start. The holding came after Casey Washington had an eleven yard. Casey Washington was good. He was yeah. good today. Yeah.
1: Uh, do we go opponents in here? Because Daquan Finn certainly should be a part of that as well. <laughs> he's yeah, he's good, be... man. Like, I, I'm not impressed. I'm not overly impressed with him as a passer. But, I mean, in the MAC, that'll get it done. But uh, dude's, a, dude's a gamer. Dude makes plays.
0: He was fun to watch. I love the A.J. Bush comp, I mean, I thought that was a yeah. – what are your better comps? Somebody I know you're not known for comps, but that
1: was oh, – I love my comps. <laughs> What's the Miles Scott comp? I don't have a comp for him. It's a hell I mean, of a like, story.
0: The story is Kirby and Kendall, Kirby Joseph and Kendall Smith. In terms of the road, even though Miles Scott was his road was much less paved, um, but physically they're just—he's not as big as those guys. I mean, I think the story fits right. Like I think that those two yeah. would be the comp.
1: Yeah, and just uh, the playmakers they can find for that position. I mean, Fedge obviously was a walk-on turned into a hell of a player, but he was at D two. Miles Scott walked on here as a prep you know, school guy coming out and doing what he did to, to make that play was just uh, a game changer for Illinois. All right. We're going to wrap it up. Cause it's almost uh 1230 on this Sunday morning as we're recording this uh, for Joey Wagner. I'm Jeremy Warner. Thanks to our guy Isaac Ambrose for producing this tonight. Thank you to the 250 plus that were on this throughout the entire time. We love interacting with you guys. And, uh, Joy, there's a lot of issues to address, but it's a lot easier to do that, I think, when you get a win and you're 1-0. and So uh, one of, one-sixth of the way to, to a bowl game for Illinois. I know that's not the goal, but uh, if they would have started 0-1, as you said, going to Kansas, hosting Penn State, it would look pretty good today. Um, that would have been a difficult start.
0: Would have been a, t- a tough start for – look, I mean, before we go, there's still there's a lot of excitement around this team. But there's still a hint of when is that football going to get pulled? Like when is Lucy going to pull the football? Because I think people are like kind of scared to jump. Full. There's a lot of people fully on board, but I do think there's some people who are a little scared to jump fully on board. And
1: a lot of people left the game when it was 19 to seven. I, I get it. I get it. Better things to do on a Saturday night, maybe than watch Illinois lose to Toledo. But yeah, I don't think tonight. Maybe this is the wrap it up because. Tonight did not get anyone to buy in to this team, you know, being like the Big Ten West favorite, right? I don't know if any Big Ten West team felt great about this week, this initial week, which kind of what we expected from the Big Ten West. And Illinois certainly played one of the tougher opponents. Purdue did, and they lost today, right? Um, Illinois gets gets away with a win. Uh, so I don't think anything, anybody's thinking, oh, this is uh, definitely a team that's going to break through. But even if they would have lost it, I would have said, I can't write a column writing off this team because I saw what happened last year after Indiana. Um, and, and there's so so many chances to, to be a good team. But um, if you think they can reach the heights of what they want, I mean, beating Toledo is a part of that. If you want to win nine, ten games, whatever it is, um, beating Toledo is a part of that. So you find a way to get out of it. You survive the next day. And if you can make the jump from week one to week two, like Brett Bielma says you can, uh, you feel pretty good. If you get to, through Kansas 2-0, and with oh, uh, squeaking out a win over Toledo. Anyway, you got it.
0: Yeah, and then Champagne probably feels pretty good with Penn State in town for big noon kickoff.
1: Yeah. A win is a win is a win. I think D Brown said that at one point. Uh, for Joey Wagner, for Isaac Ambrose, I'm Jeremy Warner. Thank you for listening to the Illini Choir podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get podcasts. For all of you watching on YouTube, before you get out here, hit the like button subscribe to us hit the notifications bell as well appreciate all you guys hanging out with us late night we got plenty more coming to be late night for us writing uh, so stay tuned to everything at Line Inquirer. plus uh, you can get 50% off a VIP membership if you're not a VIP member right now we'll have some recruiting scoop uh, coming out of this weekend as well everybody have a great night take care of each other we'll talk to you next time right here on the Line Inquirer podcast